0: WHO open access COVID-19 databank is necessary. Vaccination is the only tool that can eradicate the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. WHO and medicine agencies have stressed the low risk of the rare adverse cases does not justify a decision whose potential social benefit is larger. Current data does not answer important COVID questions such as does the vaccine protect against a mutated genome virus or does it produce severe adverse effects. The role of vaccines and of personal protection devices, such as masks and keeping physical distance, in decreasing the rate of infection, and their recommendation also for people possibly immune, due to vaccination or previous infection, are broadly recognized, even if the necessity of masks in open spaces is not so evident. However, there are two groups of problems about which doubts persist, despite the tremendous bulk of information provided by the increasing number of cases, that have just passed the 140 million threshold. The first group refers to the immunity induced by a previous infection or by vaccination, and to its duration, with the additional uncertainty caused by viruses. This poses two main questions. Does the immunity provided by infection protect against being infected by a mutated genome virus? Do vaccines protect only against the virus used for their preparation? The second group refers to the possibility that vaccination produces severe adverse effects, such as thrombosis or even deaths. While the first group of problems does not have practical social impact, and mainly affects medium-term political decisions, like vaccine supply planning for possible future shots, the second might affect, and actually is affecting, individual behaviors, to such a large extent that they reflect in political decisions. The broad coverage of a few cases of rare thrombosis, disregarding the fact that thrombosis is any way a frequent complication of COVID-19 infection, fed the utopic hope that, giving for granted that the vaccine reduces the death risk, it should not have side adverse effects. This is plainly impossible, and health public policy cannot be determined by such unrealistic wish. WHO and medicine agencies have stressed that the low risk of the rare adverse cases does not justify a decision whose potential social benefit is larger, because vaccination is the only tool that can eradicate the pandemic. In this context, wealthy countries have taken different decisions. Some, like US, Norway, Denmark or Australia, have decided to suspend or not to use a given vaccine, others, like Italy, Spain and other European countries, have not planning to return to the discussion of rare adverse cases below, let us just mention that, as consequence of their appearance, significant cancellations of booked vaccination are occurring. In Madrid, a certain day the no-show has been 66% of the expected people, nothing with respect to what is happening in Bulgaria, a country where vaccinations are at minimal level, despite being the second European country for lethality during the last two weeks. However, the most worrying situation is that of those lower-income countries for which it is only accessible the vaccine provided by COVAX program. Indeed, some of these countries, in different continents, refuse to receive and use AstraZeneca. As examples, one can mention Venezuela and Haiti. In Latin America, despite the guarantees of safety of the Pan American Health Organization, FA, and Cameroon, in Africa, who withdrew the approval for the use of AstraZeneca. As a matter of fact, in Europe, where few days ago, 80% of the received doses had been used, this percentage goes down to 65% for AstraZeneca, which represents also no more than 20% of the doses to be received in the next quarter. This shift on the vaccines used and going to be used by wealthiest countries was not based on scientific evidence but is related to the unpleasant inequality between these countries that, having purchased or signed contracts to purchase, a quantity and variety of vaccines largely above their needs, may easily refrain from using a particular vaccine, and lower-income countries unable to make such a choice, since they depend on COVAX program. Moreover, the worldwide WHO message about the safety of all vaccines, ignored by rich countries despite its scientific soundness, is susceptible of a racist interpretation, as a message directed in practice to lower-income countries, and this offers opportunities to spread fake news. Ultimately, less vaccinations in these countries do affect rich countries as well, insofar this leads to a longer duration of the pandemic, and to the possibility of the virus developing more mutations, but, astonishingly, this risk is overlooked. For all of these reasons, it is not surprising that these problems have been object of broad discussions regarding the possibility of reinfection. Even if reinfections are rare, there are several open issues, such as how likely they occur, how soon they can take place, and for how long immunity persists. In a review of about two months ago, it was pointed out that current main interest is on vaccination and mutations. Thus, little research is dedicated to reinfections, a difficulty of which is that it is not so easy to distinguish them from a reactivation of a virus that never left the patient. Among these fee studies, one, on health workers in England, suggests that past infection could reduce the risk of reinfection by 83% for at least five months. Another, in Denmark, on a much broader sample, 4 million people, found a similar result. The COVID-19 outbreak started in January 2020 and it was recognized as a global pandemic in March 2020. This poses an intrinsic limit of 5-8 months to the results of this type of studies, which certainly is going to be extended in future studies, whereas for what concerns the estimate of the protection it is just a matter of further studies. Regarding vaccine efficiency, data for different vaccines are quite different and are often presented in connection with different aspects. In the case of AstraZeneca vaccine, its efficiency would be about 76% against symptomatic infection and 100% against hospitalization. For Pfizer, BioNTech, severe cases are reduced by 92%, and hospitalizations by 87%. A Brazilian study showed that the efficiency of the Chinese vaccine is comparable to AstraZeneca for mild to severe cases, but much lower, about 50%, for mild cases. However, results from Turkey and Chile are different. This makes doubtful the suggestion that the so called Chilean paradox may be explained as due to a low efficiency of the Chinese vaccine. Moreover, the predominant use of this vaccine in different countries has been accompanied by different results. In certain cases, like Brazil, Chile, and Turkey, there has been a significant increase of new contagions, whereas in others, like Indonesia, Colombia, and Dominican Republic, the opposite occurred. Also, the efficiency for prevention rate for transmission, and the possible resilience of mutated viruses to current vaccines are not clear. The latter is one of the factors, together with the uncertainty about the real availability of the necessary vaccines, that may affect the time to reach herd immunity through the current vaccination campaign. Regarding vaccination of younger people, the situation is rather confused. An analysis of US Centers for Disease Control and Prevention (CDC) shows that children can be infected from COVID-19, get sick and spread the virus to others. The vaccine most used until now in Europe, AstraZeneca, has been approved for people aged 18 years and older, originally not recommended for older people. Now, where it is allowed, is used for patients of an age as different as above 30 years in one country and above 55 or 60 in others. U.S. Food and Drug Administration has authorized Pfizer's application for youngsters older than 16 years. Tests for younger children are in progress. Pfizer begun testing children above 12 years, and AstraZeneca for children older than 6 months. This issue is relevant in connection with that of on-presence school teaching. Students are a significant section of the population, but still their vaccination needs to wait the results of these assessments by vaccine producers, and the arguments supporting the opening of the school and universities seem to be more ideological than scientific. Concerning the duration of the immunity after vaccination. This problem, analogous to that of immunity by infection, is basic in order to estimate how and when this pandemic will be over. However, there are not definite results. According to CDC, people have to be vaccinated regardless of having been or not infected in the past, because the immunity duration after recovery from COVID 19 is uncertain. It might be one year or two years. Neither is clear the duration of the protection period after vaccination, so that some vaccine producers are studying a third dose as a booster dose. Interference between the use of some medicines and COVID 19 vaccines. It is known from clinical observations show vaccination may affect the metabolism of some medicine. However, the knowledge and understanding of these interactions in the COVID-19 case is still poor. Adverse cases. The almost 900 million vaccinations performed till now have been accompanied by some adverse cases that had not been observed during the testing. It is surprising that this has been considered surprising, since the test samples were several orders of magnitude smaller than the vaccinated sample. However, these cases prompted a number of decisions about pausing or stopping the use of some vaccines, in particular AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson. Their rationale, when taken by a specialized agency like CDC, has been the need for further investigation, whereas, when taken by governments, seems to reflect unscientific reaction of the population and its refusal of a given vaccine. As a matter of fact, with the exception of CDC for the Johnson & Johnson cases, specialized health and medicine agencies have unanimously stressed that the rate of the observed adverse cases is orders of magnitude lower than the risk of death by COVID-19 infection, without mentioning the deaths caused by extreme poverty that in 2020 increased by 68 million, worldwide, a figure that will increase, unless COVID-19 pandemic ends. It is hard to find a statistically-based scientific justification for these decisions. A former director of the European Medicine Agency commented, It seems to me that the Western world has lost some measure of the relationship between risk and benefit. There's a plane crashing and one wonders if the parachute has a hole in it. Moreover, for what concerns Johnson & Johnson, a recent declaration of Fauci seems to indicate that, given the rarity of the cases, the decision will be revised. From this discussion, it is clear that the potentially enormous information about this matter is not fully used as it would be necessary and possible if it were broadly available and accessible for analysis at least by the academic community this would make possible to increase the understanding of these problems and reduce the doubts about possible risks associated to the vaccination currently this does not happen it ai experts and model developers cannot easily access medical data and medical analysis are usually limited to the few hospital data of direct knowledge of the researcher or at most to those available at national level it could be worth, and we would dare to say needed, creating a data bank of COVID-19 inches order to make the best and full use of the increasing information about this matter. Co-author: Buruse Peruse. Hash rebuilding travel.